The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. And this is Rev. Jackie Fernandez. I am so delighted to be with you, all of the listeners, today on Voices of Unity. And we have a very special guest, Rev. and Life Coach, Sharon Connors. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jackie. I'm glad to be with you today. Well, I'm excited. Sharon has a new book, and it was published by Unity Books at Unity Worldwide Headquarters. And it is Adventures in Resilience, Ignite the 12 Powers in You to Create a Radiant Life. So we're going to get into some really good stuff. And I think, Sharon, especially given our context of being, you know, eight is eight or nine months into this global pandemic, I think there is a lot of really good stuff. And, you know, I think the timing, too, of, of bringing 2020 to a close, we're now in the last month of the year that there are also a lot of good things. But this book, of course, is good year round, all year round. <laughs> it's always it's always a good time to evaluate how we use the 12 powers um, to ignite our creative power and and to build a radiant life. So, uh, Sharon, just for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with you, I want to read your bio, and then we're going to just dive into the book. Does that sound good? Great. All right. Reverend Sharon Connors is a Unity Minister who has served ministries in Florida, San Francisco, San Diego, and Unity Village Chapel at Unity World Headquarters. And at the time of this printing, which is very recent, uh, Sharon serves as Unity at Unity Spiritual Center of Sun City, Arizona. She served on the Board of Trustees of Unity Worldwide Ministries, as well as on Unity Regional Boards and Community Boards of Directors. Sharon is a certified life coach specializing in personal growth, leadership, development, and executive presence. In addition to her books, Sharon's articles have been published in Daily Word, Unity Magazine, and the local newspapers. Sharon earned, she earned a bachelor's degree in Spanish and education from Michigan State University and a master's in vocational counseling from Northeastern Illinois University. In addition, and I would love to cue some dramatic music here, <laughs> she is a certified handwriting analyst and a certified conversational leadership facilitator. And I, I was telling Sharon before the show that when I read that about her being a certified handwriting analyst, I wanted to just make a whole show about that. I'm very intrigued by that, but we'll have to do another show. We'll have to bring you back. Does that sound good? Love it. I'd love it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm going to kick us off with a quote that's actually at the end of the book in the very last chapter, because I think it, it sets, it's a beautiful way to wrap up the book, but I think it also, you know, sets the tone um, for everything we're going to talk about. In the middle of winter, I at last discovered that there was in me an invincible summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yes. It always, uh, it always touches my heart, that quote, and, and sort of makes me teary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it speaks to resilience, doesn't it? Uh, it really does. It really does. And just that acknowledgement that even in my darkest days or darkest season, as the quote would describe winter, um, that there is within me something invincible, something unbreakable. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes, and we all need to know that now, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it just... It just keeps getting harder, you know, that I think that there's that overall fatigue of having been in this um, a new a new way of being uh, for many months. And as we enter the holiday season, I know for me, um, the holidays look very different. Thanksgiving holiday looked very different than it normally would. And I suspect the same will be true for Christmas and, and New Year's. And so there's that, and it's you know, just that time of year where we are used to a lot of togetherness, a lot of connecting with family and friends that maybe we don't see much throughout the rest of the year. And so we don't even have that sort of cushion of, of, um, of connection and community at uh, this time of year. So it feels like one more thing, you know, out of all the things that have been lost this year or changed or looking, you know, or looking very different, it just feels like, you know, insult to injury. It, it does. And uh, you know what I've noticed because, and I say this because Adventures in Resilience is really about spiritual energy. It's about energy, right? And so I noticed because I was with my uh, kids, my adult children, over the holiday, and there were some other people there. But wherever I, I was traveling, because I drove into San Diego, there was such a shift in energy and it is it's it's like compressed or bottled energy that's trying very hard to escape to be expressed as we always have you know with hugs and mm-hmm. kisses and, mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to be doing that now so how do we how do we reconcile what's not natural to us which is expressing this loving energy within us, how do we reconcile that with uh, what we're being asked to do here, which is to not express as we have forever? So I think, um, you know, I think the whole idea of spiritual practice, and for me, of course, I wrote the book, so really committing myself to focusing, keeping my mind focused on positive energy, on, you know, spiritual energy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm curious because I know as a minister that often when we set out to prepare our Sunday talks, that that is, there is this sort of invitation to the universe (laughs) to give us the teaching, right? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> to experience the teaching that we are setting forth and the ideas, uh, you know, it's opportunity to practice. And, and I think for me um, to really, you know, step into authenticity. Um, and so I'm curious if you had that experience in writing this book, if if it became sort of an invitation of the universe to um, for you to call forth your resiliency. It, it, it required that exactly. In writing the book, you know, there are stories in it of my experiences, uh, the experiences I've been a part of with others, and and the recollection of how our faith is always tested. And it's certainly in writing this book, actually, this book sat in my closet for many, many years before I finally pulled it out and said, okay, it's going to get done. Ah. 
Yeah, and uh, and all through writing it, it was you know the voice, as um, Michael Singer said, your roommate, your inner roommate, the voice in your head that said, uh, well, Sharon, uh, you don't have to write today. Don't work on it today. And so overcoming the inertia, uh, you know, the entropy of don't do what's going to move you forward. Don't do what yeah. your heart is telling you to do. It, it happened all through the writing, actually. And I think as, as I think about your question, you know, did I experience the challenge in each of these powers? Uh, I sometimes I was more aware, aware of it than others, Jackie, but certainly I would say the primary test was uh, in my faith and the other power was elimination, mm. renunciation, mm -hmm. just saying no to those voices in my head that said, oh, you know, this is taking too much time. Uh, you probably won't get it published anyway. Think about all you have to do to get a book proposal together. Uh, the voices were endless. And so it was constant renunciation yeah. and, and, and faith and even, even love, you know, because I, I love this teaching. I think it's, for me, it's, it's the 21st century spirituality. It's, it's all about spiritual energy and maximizing our potential and pushing past the outer edges of what we think is possible energetically and spiritually. So, uh, yes, I lived it. I guess that's the bottom line. Yes, I lived it. Yes. Well, and I love that. I love um, that you're characterizing the teachings that the 12 powers hold as being modern spirituality. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. And and it can be very challenging to be convincing of that if if you begin with the Fillmore book of, of yeah. the 12 powers, you know, because that feels the, the, the language feels antiquated and, um, and not modern at all. But so I, I love that um, we have, you know, our contemporary unity um, authors are writing, continue to write about the 12 powers to give us the new language with which to speak about them, because you're right, it is very modern in, in how we practice and and just that there is such an openness, I feel like, in society and in the world in general to to talk about spiritual energy and, um, and bringing forth that which is innate to us, which, you know, all of these powers are inherent to us, as is resilience. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I watched uh, the country, <laughs> the country music Christmas last night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the Tom, Tom Rett, I think was the host, he and his wife, but he closed the show with a, uh, a statement that went something like this. You know, this, this is a time for all of us to, uh, be resilient and hopeful, or to feed our resilience and our hope. And I think that's true. I think it has to be fed. Mm, yeah, I agree. It has to be fed. And and therein lies, you know, the the sort of the key to to what we are all experiencing right now is, you know, it's easy to get lost in this, um, just how it continues to drag on and 
And again, you know, we're missing out on something, you know, each month, each calendar day brings like something new that in under normal times would happen a certain way. We're having to continue to reimagine how we do things, how we create community, how we create holidays, how we mark life's important events, you know, whether it's a memorial service, wedding, graduation, um, birthday parties, all of those things. And um, to really bring forth the strength that is within us, um, which I think is in our resiliency, to bring that forth and and to stay in a state of of hopefulness and um and radiance yes absolutely is our, is our big challenge and and there in overland park i'm i have a hunch that you probably have a significant youth and family program lots of kids and boy what a great teaching for kids they're so naturally resilient yeah so there are teachers in that way naturally resilient uh until they <laughs> have to really get it challenged, but but to um, to teach our children the power within them, you know, the resilience that they need so so very much in these times, you know. And when I hear about school stories, I know kids need to be finding a power within themselves that's greater than all of the challenges they have as kids growing up. Yeah, so true. So very true. So let's talk, let's get into kind of some of the meat of your book. Um, it, um, the format in general, well, and let me talk, mention too, there is this workbook that was tucked into it. Now, does that come, um, this little like study guide, does that come with every book when it's ordered or is that uh, separate? I, I'm not sure if Unity's putting it out. Um, I had, I had it made myself. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Here in Sun City. So, uh, well, to to all the ministers who might be listening or anyone who might be teaching this book, this study guide is, is, I love it. It's perfectly formatted, very, just like ready to go. (laughs) I've, you know, but when I'm thinking about teaching it, I feel like completely supported. Like I could, we could just get this class going. Well, and you know, I, I did teach it. I did work with this at uh, church and, uh, people are loving it. The questions seem to really prompt some some deep uh, recollection and reflection and uh, integration with their own experience. So uh, I it, I have it electronically, so anyone can uh, contact you, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> and I can send you a, an electronic happy to send on awesome. community awesome. for that matter. Well, and you have a website. Um, you have a website as well, which we can certainly um, connect people to. Um, Sharon Connors and associates.com. I would send them to uh, Unity Spiritual Center of Sun City. We have okay. it uh, electronically there. Beautiful. Sent from there. Beautiful. Unity Spiritual Center of Sun City in Arizona. So we can go there and contact Sharon to get get your hands on this study guide. Um, and so the book itself is formatted in three parts. Part one is true power. And that's really where you get into the core of resilience and spiritual alchemy and that kind of an overview of the 12 powers for anyone who might be new to them. And part two is about spiritual mastery. And that's where you go through each of the 12 powers. And what I love about how you formatted those chapters is that at the end of each chapter, you provide affirmations 
and prayer and practice and reflection. And so it, it really gives you opportunity. The reader has opportunity to then take it deeper and, and the tools are right there in the book. So it, in that way, it becomes a workbook. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I, I think it is too. Yeah. Um, I've heard the feedback I've gotten about the affirmations is that they really, people really appreciate it because I think a lot of people, uh, depending where they are on their spiritual path, are not confident about creating their own affirmations. Yeah. Well, sure. And if, when you're setting out to to embody more of something like faith or strength or understanding, it can be challenging to, like, you might want to use an affirmation that is beyond where you are in that moment. And so to really put the words to it, like it's what you're trying to step into and embody. So it's, it's beautiful to, to be able to be handed something. And then of course you can make it your own after that, but it, it gives someone something, you know, the affirmation already there. And there's more than one. They're usually like three, a couple at least um, provided. And so then you can just work with those and then there's visualization and praying and practicing and, and reflection. And so it takes you through all of those with, with each of the 12 powers and then um, the third section of the book is the empowered life. And that's really where you're looking at um, the rewards of spiritual mastery and, and what it means to, to be in that state of embodiment of these powers. Mm -hmm. I think, and as I think about that, the empowered life, I think about the significance of realizing that we all are here to mm. be a contribution, to make a contribution. Mm. And I think sometimes there's a distinction between being in service and coming from a spiritual center of being a contribution, of contributing to others. Um, that just ups, ups the frequency, the vibration a little bit and the efficacy of the contribution. I love that. Yeah, it's, it, it amps it. Yeah, I love that. So, so talk to me about um, how you brought the 12 powers into the conversation of resilience. Resilience, as, as I uh, thought about what do I want to write about? Because I felt compelled to to write. I was going to write about leadership. Meanwhile, you remember, I've got all of this research material and writing sitting in my closet on the 12 powers. Right. In fact, I was going to put a chapter in Adventures in Prayer on the 12 powers. And my editor at Bantam, uh, the genius Tony Burbank, said, no, this needs to be a separate book. Now we're going back to the early 2000s, Jackie, that long ago. <laughs> and uh, so oh, I thought, oh, yeah, okay, great. Uh, and like I said, it got put in the closet. So in in the last, oh, maybe, maybe five years, resilience kept coming to me. I kept uh, thinking of it and noticing it and uh, seeing the need of it mm -hmm. and realizing that it's absolutely inherent to us. And so when I, I started writing this, I thought, I believe, let me say that, put it this way, I believe 
that the 12 powers are our unstoppable resilience. Oh. And, and, and we find it, I mean, I think the 12 powers, putting a focus there and developing them or, you know, giving them our focus and attention, some focus and attention and willingness to express them. I think it, uh, those powers can maximize our resilience, especially in these times where, you know, we don't get down and depressed. Like there's rampant depression these days, I understand, and I see it. Uh, so we don't, we don't get discouraged. We don't get stuck in low vibration. <laughs> uh, discouragement, uh, inertia, um, hopelessness, like that. Mm -hmm. Feeling powerless because, you know, we're never powerless over our own mental state. Yeah. Well, and it's so important, you know, because there's so much that we are powerless over in the world, right? We can't control other people. We can't control, you know, what happens, you know, in society. And so the spiritual practice becomes owning the power that we do have. And, and it's a lot, like, <laughs> we actually have a lot of power and we do have the power to, to impact the world and impact um, and affect change in the world. But we have to do the work, the inner work of, of owning that power and of course, nurturing it and nourishing it. Yes, exactly. And it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> if it's not fun, well, <laughs> it is fun. And, you know, it, it also, it, it can be, you know, spiritual growth can, can be the opposite of fun sometimes, but, but when we come through it, um, oh, there's such a lightness you know, there's such a, a lightness, there's such a liberation of being and, and, and then the word fun just has a whole new meaning to it because we get to bring our whole selves to, you know, the experience of joy. Well, you know, I like to remind myself on a daily basis, Jackie, that, uh, I want to be, and I'm willing to be with God's, the spirit of God in me, God's help. Uh, a joyful person and I mean it's not possible in every situation for sure but at least I can be a presence of peace mm -hmm. so um, and I and I I attribute being capacitated to be that uh, with spiritual practice and spiritual understanding which is one of the powers right understanding yeah yes yes um, you know, I was really intrigued, you know, by the first part of the book where you talk about spiritual alchemy and, um, you know, you define alchemy as a power or process that changes something in a mysterious and impactful way. The nature or comp composition of something is transmuted. And so you talk about how um, we can alchemize, for example, our doubt or worries into faith through action. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, I mean, it is a mystery to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but I know it works because I've worked it. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I like the David White quote, uh, the alchemists maintain that we can create only in our own image. It's essential then to know what is vital and alive inside us and shape ourselves in its image. And that, that image, as we in unity say, is the Christ presence, you know, the divine presence within us. And that's really 
the alchemist, the divine presence in us is the alchemist that, you know, does for us what we can't do for ourselves, that, that if we turn over, release another power, release a challenge, a, a thought that has taken us down, we release it to spirit and ask to have it replaced with something useful. Uh, it happens in the twinkling of an eye, as scripture says. Yeah. You will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Ah, but can it be that easy? Well, no. <laughs> No, no, uh, because, uh, you know, I, I often have said that everything I've let go of has uh, my claw marks on it. <laughs> I resonate you know, with that. It's <laughs> great. The willingness to change uh, can overcome it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Our claw marks. For sure, we are really good at, at holding on to the status quo. It's what we know, right? Familiarity is comfort. And um, even if it's you know painful, it, there is a comfort to it. And so being willing to engage in spiritual alchemy requires change, and it requires that change within. And um, it's beautiful. There's a beautiful awakening and liberation, you know, as I've said, that happens in that process. But, boy, we, um, we often go through it kicking in and screaming until we don't. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want the listeners to think, well, I, you know, it's kind of Pollyanna to think it's easy. It's, I mean, I wouldn't be writing about this if it, if it was easy, you know what right. I mean? Because yes. Provocative. Yeah. What's provocative is look, look what the spirit in me has done when I couldn't, it's what's provocative is if I keep on, if I am resilient in the face of whatever challenge I'm facing, um, I get a kind of strength that helps me the next time around. Yes, that's uh, beautiful. And and that it the, the surviving of it becomes thriving. Well, there's our music, so that brings us to our break time. So we're going to take a pause, so we'll take a break, and then we'll be right back with Reverend Sharon Connors, Adventures in Resilience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And we are back with life coach and author, Reverend Sharon Connors, and we are talking about her new book, Adventures in Resilience, Ignite the 12 Powers in You to Create a Radiant Life. All right, Sharon, so we chatted over the break, and we thought that it would be a good idea to bring some practical tools forward for the listeners and, and to really give them a taste of what's in the book 
um, and what you offer at the end of each of the 12 Powers chapters in terms of affirmations and visualizations and all of that. And so you want to use um, the, the power of power. Yeah, I, I mean, I opened my book and that's what it opened to. And it opened to the first page in that chapter with Fillmore's quote on power. And I, I love it. Power is increased through exalted ideas. There is a universal creative force that urges mankind forward to the recognition of the creative power of his individual thought. Exalted ideas. Yeah, that's we good. We're sharing them now, some exalted ideas. Exalted ideas. I love that. So that's really like leaning, leaning into our highest, our highest way of being. Yeah, look at it from, I, I think Fillmore even said this, look at a situation from the highest point of view. Or Martin Luther King Jr. talking about, I have been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. Do you know, he that was an exalted mindset that he had to see and visualize that there could be racial justice. Mm -hmm. that there would be justice and that we would all be one. Uh, so, <clears throat> so exalted ideas are, are like that. And, and it's especially hard. You and I were talking in the first part of our conversation here about, you know, it's not, not always that easy to be resilient, to uh, have a, <laughs> hold an exalted idea. <laughs> But you know what I wrote down on my, I had a yellow pad here, just in case I wanted to take notes. And I wrote the word focus. I think focus is so key, Jackie, that our mind, well, I'll speak for myself, my mind can be like a monkey jumping from this to that, mm -hmm. outside, you know, outside of this whole idea of ADD. I mean, I think the mind is is just like that and needs to be taught and harnessed for good. And so my focus determines the quality of my energy. I can focus on the pandemic, for example, and all the statistics, or I can focus on, as the scientists must have been, we are gonna find a vaccine that cures this. Take your pick. Pick one or the other, because you can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, and there's a lot of power just in the choosing. It is. That's where the power is, right? In, yeah. in choosing what I'll put my focus on. Am I going to focus on this idea that is diminishing the life force in me or diminishing my enthusiasm, or am I going to focus on something else? And it's not easy, but I think it's the key. Mm -hmm. Awake, no. no. <laughs> yeah, right. It An is. awake state of mind. Oh, yeah, look what I'm thinking again. Mm -hmm. Yes, and really, and then making the choice to direct our thoughts mm -hmm. into that, that uh, place of exalted ideas, right, from the mountaintop. Right. Right. Exalted idea. Oh, yeah. One of these Moderna or Pfizer is going to have the vaccine that reduces to minimum and then erases 
this virus. We've done it once, we've done it twice, and we'll do it this time. Yes, love it. So, so let's work with the power of power. Okay. Uh, how would how, how would we like to do this? Well, we can share. We can share. Um, I mean, let's, well, the power itself, which we just talked about, it might show up as the power of choice, but it's that, it's that inner power, um, right? Like, that is available to us at all times, and you know that is divinely sourced. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the power itself? Oh yeah, there's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this all. I, I became a spiritual searcher way, way, way long before I became a minister. And I was introduced, before I was introduced to our 12 powers, I was introduced to the chakra system. Mm -hmm. And I became fascinated with it then. And, you know, this whole idea of human beings having within them infinite creative power, because we're always creating our reality. And uh, it, it fascinated me. So in terms of, let, let me then go into the power of power. So it's all about the powers within us that are expressed, as, the Hindus would say, as expressed as gods. They call it gods, this creative energy. And uh, we call it the, the spiritual powers. So the power of power is, is located in the throat area, which is so interesting to me. And I, I make a point of this in a couple of the chapters, how Fillmore was so divinely inspired to connect. And I mean, he wasn't the originator, of course. The chakra system is connected with body parts, too. But uh, he, he connected it with potty parts. So here in the throat, where the power of power is, is where thoughts are transformed into sound. Mm -hmm. So there's a transformation of energy that goes on in that power center. And the same is true for all of our endeavors. The power of power ignites us into forward momentum or backward momentum for that matter, but it moves us in some way. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. It, to me, it's so poetic that it, that throat center where power is because it's where we bring our, our ideas into manifestation, right? From inside us to outside us. Exactly. Um, yeah. Into spoken word. And, and that is, in and of itself is so powerful, power filled. And so I, I, we say that the power of power vibrates as a violet or purple vibrates in that way. We see it in a rainbow. We see that vibration in a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And so one of the affirmations is the infinite power of God in me enlightens my mind and arouses my heart, giving me the power to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done for my highest good. Now, that's a pretty long affirmation. <laughs> it is. Uh, but, but it really tells the story mm -hmm. that, the infinite power of God does enlighten our mind and arouse our heart to divine possibilities and, and gives us the power to 
move forward, to say what needs to be said, and do what needs to be done for our highest good. We get a vision of what our highest good is, and I think that's God-given too. A shorter one is, I focus on what I love, and what I love empowers me to do it. Well, and what I love about that, love, is uh, that it brings that, that the heart into it. It's not just the, the mind and, and the thoughts, but that we also, it, it matters if we bring it into our heart. You know, it becomes powered by, by what is held in our heart, mind. Yeah, I, I think that it's so important to be clear about and explore what energizes our love. What, what are we passionate about? Because a passion for something really is the power ignited to move forward. Without a passion for something, it's, you know, work. Um, but when we're passionate about something, when we love something or someone, it, it, um, it ignites the power within us to do something. You know, it, it, it moves us to action in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So let's, let's go into, um, you know, the process. So you give the affirmations and then you take us in your chapters into visualizing the power. So what is it, what does it mean to visualize the power? Well, I like to, one of my spiritual practices is to, in my meditation time in the morning and sometimes during the day, <clears throat> I go through what I might call a litany of the 12 powers. I start with the power of life, which is uh, in our generative center, and move up to the crown of my head, where the powers of understanding, will, faith, and imagination are. And I just uh, visualize the color, and I actually visualize the power center igniting into sparkles like brilliance filling that then fills my whole body i'm visualizing all this right and i uh, i affirm i am divine life expressing so i just go through that litany and the affirmation is i am divine power expressing i am divine love expressing and that and as i go through that litany i'm visualizing power center where it is and the color of it so for power for example i i would be visualizing in my throat a purple light and i say i i am expressing the divine power of power and i'm visualizing it as i'm saying that affirmation i'm visualizing the purple light sparkling and shining and I'm breathing it through my whole body. And based on what we teach in unity, our thoughts create a reality. I mean, I'm just in faith that all my cells and atoms are paying attention and they're going, yeah, let's do it. Love it. And bringing the body into it at a cellular level, you know, and it's, it's so easy to think about our bodies in terms of, uh, deficiencies and shortcomings and um, and those are all thoughts that are you know lacking power but to bring the body into it the cells into it um, 
as each cell embodying each of the powers and bringing forward that power from the physical level also feeds into and activates that, that heart space. And, the, and then it becomes a whole being experience that we are expressing, you know, we are embodying in physically as well as in our heart spirit space, the power itself, and then bringing that forward into animation, into expression. Exactly, Reverend Fernandez. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, as you were just sharing that reflection on it, thinking, you know, it, in in the twelve powers, we really are in the twenty first century. It's a perspective that Fillmore had that was before his time, but probably was the basis for. Uh, moving forward as we are today, I think about uh, other others that are talking about energy. Carolyn Mace, Joe Dispenza. Yeah. It's all about a vibration. Yeah. And I, I remember holding fast to Charles Fillmore's statement, and I can't remember where which book, Jackie, but he said, and, and so did one of my teachers, really focused on it, Marvin Anderson, when I was in ministerial school, Every cell has life, intelligence. Every cell has life and intelligence. And so, and I was also taught, and I believe these powers, and this is, this is a mystery. <laughs> these powers know what to do, and they do it. They have their own intelligence. And so, I've come to believe that as I put a focus on them, that we're talking about the power of power specifically right now, right? As I put a focus on the power of power and believe as I send that energy of the power that knows what to do and does it into every cell and atom of my being, awakening it to every cell and atom's power, uh, why... I'm empowered. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I can't slack off. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yes. There it is. Right. There it is. Well, and soon you mentioned, you know, Joe Dispenza and, and others who are, you know, in this conversation, it's, and the science has caught up, mm-hmm. you know, the science is able to measure how um, this process unfolds in our bodies and, you know, and, you know, quantum physics and, um, you know, heart math and all of those, you know, different labels we, we give to it. There, there is now the ability to measure and evaluate how this process is happening. I don't think it really illuminates the mystery in the way we would hope that it would. It's still a mystery. You know, there's still the mystery there. And, and, and I, for one, hope that that mystery is always preserved. Um, I, I think it is, the thing that fulfills the longing that we have, you know, for God, for a God experience to know God, that, that mystery is our compulsion toward it. Well, and it reminds me of mystery, you know, science, scientists are studying the brain chemistry mm-hmm. and what goes on in our brain. And I was uh, watching, I think, believe it was 60 minutes. They had, and I, I've, really seen so many now, I don't know about so many, but at least a half dozen 
prodigies and mostly in music is what I've seen. So mm -hmm. there's a young man who was born blind. I can't remember his name, but born blind and was his parents were told you got to put him in an institution. This, this is not going to go anywhere. And I, an uncle, when he was maybe four year, four or five, something like that, brought him one of those little children's pianos. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> he's blind. And he sat down at the piano and played with both hands, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Wow. And his parents observed this and thought, oh, my God, how, does, how can he be doing that? And so they just began to see that. And today, this young man, I, he's in his 20s, I believe, but he's renowned as an improvisational jazz pianist mm -hmm. and blind. So scientists, uh, a scientist heard about him and thought, I want to study this, another musician who's a scientist. I want to study his brain and see how is this happening? So they have a test now where they can see colors in the brain in mm -hmm. various parts of the brain. And this young man, here's the ministry, is able to visualize the music that he's playing. Wow. When, when he's playing, certain parts of his brain light up, the parts that can visualize. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, the scientists don't know exactly how that's happening. It's a mystery, but that is what is happening. He's visualizing as a blind person the music that he's playing. And now if a blind person can visualize this music, what can our brains do? Because mm -hmm. he not only visualizes it, he plays it, you know, so it's, right. it's a creative process going from inside to outside. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So after we visualize the power and we're working with the power of power. So after we visualize power, we visualize it in our body. You talked about the color um, and we, you know, visualize each cell really and holding that power within it. Um, then you, you take us into prayer. And mm -hmm. so we pray, we pray power. True. And you know, when I was when I shared with you uh, my practice, you know, the, it's prayerful for me to say those affirmations as I'm visualizing. It's in the book I have written prayers at the end of each chapter after the visualization part of it, and uh, affirmative prayer. You know, for example, connecting to your power in me and all around me, most awesome spirit. I give thanks for the energy to move forward in my life to all that is enriching, enlivening, and worthy. I give thanks that your divine power, quickened and activated in me now, moves me in positive, productive, and purposeful directions. So uh, praying affirmatively that the power is actually ignited and doing what it is. And gratitude. Yeah. That's an important piece, right? Opening right. to gratitude, um, being thankful for that power. It, it's, you know, that's about being in right relationship with it. I think um, so. Yeah. And I think it's one of the, it's, I think it's the foundation probably of our unity's affirmative prayer. Mm -hmm. It is giving thanks in advance mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. already done. So yes. the mention of gratitude is, you know, I'm thankful for what was, what is, and I'm also thankful for what can be and is yes. already incipient, right? In the yes. grid of the universe of God. Yes. And the, you know, is unfolding with us. And I think that gratitude helps lead us in the direction of that unfoldment, yeah. you know, yeah. because, because we acknowledge it. And, you know, that's what I mean when I talk about right relationship is if we're giving thanks for it, then we, we are accepting it and, and moving in and with it. And that, you know, that's the flow that we want to be in. Right. And it becomes generative and it begins to outpicture. Your life shows Reverend Fernandez. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It really does. Thank you. Thank you. And then practicing power. So you you go through affirmations, visualization, prayer, and practice. Right. And uh, there's practices at the end of each chapter. In this one, one of the practices is for the next week, wear something purple, the color vibration of power. And sometimes when... I'm counseling with people and we discover a power that needs some attention. Mm-hmm. I invite them to wear that color. You know, it's, it's a remi- it's not only a, a real vibration because color has vibration, right? But it's a reminder of that power and then putting a focus on it, builds it, develops it, and then expresses it. Yeah, so wear something intention. purple. Yeah, it creates that intention. I'm wearing pink today. What color are you wearing, Jackie? I'm wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> Which about 90% of the time is the answer you'll get. Well, but I do love purple. Purple's colors. my favorite color. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it would be very cool. And I don't do it every day, actually. Uh, be very cool to pay attention to what colors we pull out of our closet to put on for the day. You know, is is it a vibration that we are really wanting to have a focus on? So apparently I want to put a focus on love today because pink is the color of love. I love it. I love it. So wear wear something with that color, whatever we want to bring more of or set an intention around or develop um, or express more fully. I yeah, that. that's that's an easy thing to practice. I mean, even if even if you don't have a shirt or or jacket with that color, you know, or pants or something, you can find something that you can put on. You know, tie a ribbon around your wrist. It's <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. And then you know, the second practice you give is um, with the intention to develop your divine power. Consciously do one good deed each day this week make a phone call to a friend, write a thank you card and so on. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, some big display of, of action, but just to choose something um, each day that expresses the power. Yes, because power again is that forward momentum or expression of some, some creative expression. So the power of power ignites all the other powers into action. And so developing your divine power, doing one good deed a day is, is really propelling you or me in, in a forward direction of being a contribution. And I mean, I think that's the ultimate purpose, right? 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then you go on to um, reflection, a time of reflection for each of the powers. And I love this because this is, you know, really, I think, opens us up. And it and I love that it follows prayer, you know, because so we've already said the affirmations, we've already prayed, we've done the visualization, um, we've done some action, and, and now we reflect. So that's how we continue that forward, that forward motion and that continued growth. And then and you offer reflection prompts. Right, right. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, well, I think, you know, the first uh, reflection asks that uh, I look at, are there situations where I give my power away? Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't stand for what I believe. I don't do what I believe is the next right thing to do. I give it away to someone or a circumstance. Uh, like, you know, I have, maybe you do too, maybe not. I have some friends and when when we're together, I hear, I have heard, I hate this pandemic, I hate it. And I think, you know, it's plugging your power cord into something that isn't useful. Right. Yes, yes. And so that's giving our, that kind of statement is giving our power away to the problem. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is have our power plugged into the divine source to the best right. of our ability. Yes, and, then we, and that's how we direct, right? That's how we create our reality. Oh my goodness, Reverend Sharon, that music means our time is up. <laughs> this has been delightful. Thank you so much for, for bringing this book forward. For I know so many people will be learning and studying and, and developing their powers, creating their radiant life. So thank you for the blessing that you are. Thank you, Jack. Love you. I love you, too. All right. Bye-bye. And until next time. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.